Hey, hey, what's up? Welcome. This is Chris for Cytosol School. Got something special for you today. This is an extended cut, an extra long episode. By extra long, I mean it's still pretty short, but it's longer than the usual, less than 10 minute episodes. Once a month, I do one of these special episodes diving into a particular topic, usually as requested by you, or if not you personally, other listeners. Today's topic is how to conduct your own annual review. Well, what do I mean by that? What I mean is, how can you live an intentional life? You know, that's what Sidehustle School is all about in lots of ways. And most of the time we focus on economic empowerment, creating a new source of income, adding to the freedom and options in your life. But of course, that's only one part of your life. So today I'm going to show you a flexible model you can use to set any kind of goal, including those for your side hustle, but also for anything else, including personal goals. We'll jump into that discussion in just a moment. I first want to point out that we've been doing these extended cuts all year, uh, one a month. So this is number 12. And if you want to listen to any of the others, you can just go to sidehustleschool.com slash extended. These episodes include topics like how to build a website in 90 minutes, how to choose between different ideas, how to recover from a side hustle disaster, how to get a book deal, some lessons in podcasting, all kinds of stuff. And once again, you can get those at sidehustleschool.com slash extended. Today's special episode about how to conduct your own annual review is coming right up after this quick message from our sponsor. Just want to say thanks to our sponsor for allowing myself and our production team to bring this episode and everything else on Side Hustle School to you completely free. So here's a message on their behalf and the extended episode will follow right after. Okay, so for the past 10 years, I've conducted an annual review each December to look back on the year and plan ahead for the next. Now, during this time, I set a number of goals in different categories of my life. Uh, I've written extensively about this process on my blog, and over the years, many people have completed the review for themselves or adapted it in their own way. Overall, I think this is probably the best decision I've made in terms of working toward multiple goals simultaneously and really just being intentional about what I hope to do, what I hope to accomplish, as well as like, who do I want to be? Like, what are the values I choose to live by and how will I actually act out those values? The idea is to create a roadmap for the year ahead, not a rigid daily schedule, but an overall outline of what matters to me and what I hope to achieve again. So I complete this process in bits and pieces over the course of several days because it's good to let some things marinate instead of making a lot of decisions all at once. One thing to mention at the outset is that there's a free tool that goes with this exercise. It's a spreadsheet template where for many years I added all the different goals and categories. I've recently switched to doing this a bit differently myself in Evernote, but if you'd like to get the spreadsheet, it's at that same link I mentioned, sidehustleschool.com extended. Another thing to mention here at the outset is that if you're the kind of person who naturally resists any sort of planning or the idea of doing this kind of exercise causes you some sort of anxiety, don't worry. The concept here is you can go away from this feeling excited about future goals and resolve to move on from any failures. Also, this isn't a rigid plan you have to live with if you end up hating it. You can always change it later for any reason. But also, since you're the one making it, you probably are not going to end up hating it. So how does it work? Well, it starts off by looking back. And to begin the process, I ask myself two questions, and I try to come up with at least six to eight answers for each one. So it's kind of a listed question, if that makes sense. They're pretty broad questions. The first one is what went well this year? And the second one is what did not go well this year? And again, I'm trying to identify a number of different things in each category. And for these answers, I'm mostly interested in events that I have control over. If something didn't go well that I couldn't prevent or control, it doesn't necessarily need to go on the list. There's a lot of things in our lives that we have no control over. Uh, what we can control, of course, is our response, our initiative, like what we're going to do going forward and so on. 
Now, for most of the past decade, I've actually shared a lot of my answers about this question uh, and all the other questions on my blog. So if you're curious, you can go and read that. There's a lot of career stuff there. There's also a lot of personal stuff there. And just a couple of short answers from me this year, if you're curious. When I think about what went well this year, honestly, one of the things that comes to mind first is Side Hustle School. It's you. It's you being part of this community and people actually caring about it and being able to make the show every single day, which I wasn't sure about, you know, when I started. At least I thought I could do it, but you know, it's all about the practice. It's all about the actually making it happen. So that's one of the things on my list of what went well. As to what did not go well, it's not something that we necessarily have to get into here on the show. It's not the purpose of the show, but I have mentioned from time to time that I struggle with depression and anxiety. And at the moment, it seems like I'm kind of in one of these uh, cycles where I'm not doing super great on that front. So I do know myself, and I always try to believe that you know tomorrow is going to be better than today and so on. But if I'm being very honest, um, when I make a list of what went well, what did not go well, that's probably going to be on the list. Okay, so that process of looking back is actually fairly short compared to what happens with the rest of the review. You know, it doesn't take you that long to think about, okay, what went well this year and what did not go well. I tend to be pretty future oriented. So I'm always like, what am I going to do going forward? Like some things were great this year, some things not great, but you know, all I have is the present moment and hopefully what I can influence for tomorrow and the next week and the next month and so on. But I do spend some time looking at the goals I set the previous year and I make some notes in this column, I designate final review. So I just ask myself, did I achieve that goal or not? And I actually don't expect to achieve hundred percent of my goals. I tend to believe if you achieve 100% of your goals all the time, maybe your goals are too small. Maybe you need to challenge yourself a little bit. So I'm usually at about 70 to 80%. Like I, I do want to set goals that are achievable. I do want to create a life that you know supports that structure. But I also want to be challenged. Like I definitely want to, to be ambitious and try to take on something that's bigger than myself. So do a little bit of review looking back at those goals. And then it's all about next year, the future. So when I start thinking about the future, uh, I mentioned setting goals based on categories. So I use uh, you know between eight to twelve different categories. Uh, I'll tell you some of the categories that I use. Which you know if you're going to do this yourself, you're welcome to use these categories uh, as well as add anything that's important to you. So the categories I have are relationships, writing, business, service, travel, wellness, learning, and financial. And within financial, I kind of break it down into earning, giving, and saving. Within wellness, I kind of break it down to fitness, overall health, mental health. So there are some subcategories as well, but those are kind of like the big buckets. And when I'm thinking about each category, I set an average of three to five measurable goals for each one. And this is probably the, the majority of the review process. Like if we say there's 20% looking back and then 20% on the other end, kind of putting everything together, which I'll talk about in a moment, what does that leave us? Oh, that leaves us 60%. Math was never my strong suit. 60% of all the time spent uh, selecting goals and thinking about, okay, what do I want my life to look like next year? And how will that be lived out essentially? So I'll give you a couple of examples of different goals that I've had. For a long time, I was really focused on this goal I had of writing a thousand words a day. And uh, these days I've gotten away from it a little bit, uh, definitely a big focus on the podcast. But for a long time, I think three or four years in a row, I had a goal of you know every single day I'm gonna write a thousand words. And a thousand words is you know, an achievable goal. But if you actually write a thousand words a day over the course of a year, you'll, you'll be able to write a book. You'll be able to write a lot of blog posts. You'll be able to write a lot of essays or magazine articles or whatever it is that you want to write. So that was my goal for a long time. A travel goal I would have when I was trying to go to every country in the world would be something like visit 20 countries. Like, okay, so next year, you know, to make progress toward that goal I had of going to all 193 countries by my 35th birthday, uh, I would need to visit 20 countries. 
And if I got 22, that's great. You know, I surpassed the goal, but I want to get at least that many. In terms of learning, a goal would be read 50 books. You know, I want to read at least one book a week, uh, hopefully more, but that's kind of my minimum standard. I want to support, you know, X number of charities with a certain percentage of my income or a certain dollar amount, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I want to think about, you know, making money for myself. I mean, that's a, a value of side hustle school. It's a value that I have. But I also want to think about, okay, how am I going to invest that money? Not just investing it in myself and my savings, which is important, um, but also choosing to invest that in other people. So that's why I have the three different financial categories of earning, giving, and saving. One of the goals I have for this year, uh, which is new, I'm trying to find different ways to deal with my stuff. I'm going to actually try to practice meditation 10 minutes a day for at least five days a week uh, in the next year. Now, perhaps you're listening and you're like, I'm a rock star at meditation. Well, good for you. I have struggled with it so much. Uh, I've never really kind of taken to it, but I think, you know, I'm going to give it a try. So I've got an app. I'm going to go through that and I made a commitment to do it at least 10 minutes a day, five days a week, uh, all next year. So those are the goals. And if we're looking at the spreadsheet, there's a second column. And if you don't have a spreadsheet, it's fine. You can just think about this. Like, first of all, you got your goals and then you've got actions required for each goal. Because the fact that the goals have to be measurable is one of the most important predictors of success for the coming year. So I like to identify what the next actions are for each major goal. And to sort out those next actions, you can just ask yourself, what do I need to do to achieve this? Well, here are a few other goals I had this year. To start a daily podcast and produce 365 episodes. To visit at least 40 cities to talk with readers and listeners about starting a side hustle. And to run at least three to four days each week on average, uh, which is more of a habit, but I just want to make sure I'm consistent with it. So that's why I put it down on my goals. So what are the next actions there? You know, to start a daily podcast and produce 365 episodes, well, I had to go through a bit of a process of getting everything set up for the show. But then once I've developed that process, it's simply a matter of following the format. You know, we have to source the stories. We have to write the script. We have to record. We have to send that off to production. The wonderful production team sends it back to us. We do the show notes and so on. Like there's a lot of work there, but once you identify what it is, it's so much easier to complete it. And then the same thing with the tour, you know, to visit at least 40 cities to talk with readers and listeners about starting a side hustle. Well, how would you do that if you haven't done it before? You would identify what cities to go to. You would put together a draft itinerary. You would look for venues in each city. You would try to get the word out to people in each city. You would think about what you're going to say to people in each city. You would think about your travel. How are you going to get there? Where are you going to stay? Logistics, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I have actions required for each goal to make sure that it's measurable so that I know what I have to do in order to be able to say at the end of next year, yes, I achieved this goal. It was a success because, you know, I followed certain actions. Now, usually at this point, uh, after I've gone through all the categories, I've got my three to five goals for each one. Um, I often identify a few goals that I decide to not put down formally because they may or may not happen throughout the course of the year. They're just kind of things I'm thinking about. And so I include these at the bottom of the spreadsheet or now that I'm using Evernote, the bottom of the Evernote note. Is that how you say it? Evernote note? I could just say note, but then how would you know it's Evernote? Complicated. Anyway, from the Department of Additional Goals, long ago I said I wanted to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Guess what? Didn't happen. And I don't really have a ton of regret over it because I never really set it as a goal. It was just kind of like a thought. Like if I got more serious about my running, if I was able to prevent injury, I would definitely have to make a lot of adjustments in my lifestyle, in my diet, because uh, I'm not a fast runner, at least by Boston Marathon standards, which pretty much is like the top 10% of all runners. I might be in something like the you know 70th percentile, but there's a big, big difference between the 70th percentile and the 90th percentile. So never made that happen. I also thought once about leading a trip to Ethiopia to visit the wells that our community sponsored. 
did a big project uh, a couple of times actually with my friends at Charity Water. Uh, we raised a lot of money and were able to support this community with a number of freshwater wells. Got lots of great photos and video from them. Like there's a big plaque that says, you know, sponsored by the Art of Nonconformity in that village, which is fun. But I thought about leading a trip there and I actually never did. So once again, not a huge amount of regret because it was just like, maybe I'll do this. We'll see how it works out. Uh, I, I thought about doing it. I thought it might come up, but it never did. You know, other things took precedent uh, and that's okay. You know, maybe I'll do that at some point again in the future. So possible additional goals. And of course, there were some other additional goals that did happen. So the point is just to consider the possibilities without fully committing. I guess you can think of it like online dating, but for your life goals. All right. So after you've got all these different goals, something I started maybe, I don't know, a few years into the process was creating a theme or intention. A theme, intention, sometimes a one paragraph statement for the year. Uh, it's kind of the summary of the whole year. Like if I look at all this stuff together, what does it have in common? What does this next year look like? Who will I be for the next year? And so I started doing the review, I don't know, something like 2006. So in 2007, I called it the year of learning and preparation. And that's when I focused on completing most of the requirements for my graduate degree and getting ready for the next stage of life. The year after that, 2008, is when I launched The Art of Nonconformity and officially began the quest to go to every country in the world. Uh, I called it the year of the revolution. And I wrote in the theme statement, you know, this time next year, uh, my life will be very different. And indeed, that was the case. In preparation for making this recording, I went to look up my theme and intention from last year. And last year, instead of picking a single word, I went with a short statement of intention, which now I look at it and it's kind of ironic, but the intention was to be somewhat well, to not lose every battle in my life and to crush the new project with daily focus. And I shared this on my blog and I wrote below it. I said, this may not make sense to you, but that's okay because I wrote it for myself. You know, your theme of the year, your narrative, however you decide to define it, doesn't have to make sense to anybody else other than you. And I also wrote a few other notes under main professional objective, which is essentially what we're doing now at Side Hustle School. And I said to, uh, I want a clear space to focus on the new project and give it a real chance to succeed. I want to love the work and be responsible for my circle of influence while being less envious of others' success or perceived success. And again, that may not make sense to you, but uh, this is just how I've been writing my personal goals and my own statements of intention for the past decade or so. At the time I'm recording this, uh, I'm actually in the midst of my review now, um, but I'm thinking I'll probably do something similar to this, some kind of intention, some kind of summary statement. So what happens then? Like you've gone through this process, you've looked back a little bit, you've set these different goals, you've thought about some possible additional goals, and you've set a theme for yourself or an intention or however you choose to do that. You're looking forward to the next year and you're like, this is going to be the year of whatever. What do you do then? Well, at that point, like this is the intentional life that you've chosen for yourself. So you have a compass point, you have something to look toward. When you make decisions, you can go back to that compass point and say, okay, well, I chose this year to really focus on this, or these are the values that are important to me. How do I make decisions that align with those values? So if you're curious about what I chose for myself, like how I chose to frame things for the next year, you're more than welcome to come and read my blog. It's just at chrisgillibeau.com. Gillibeau is G-U-I-L-L-E-B-E-A-U, or I will link it up on the sidehustleschool.com extended page as well. It's not really about me though. I wanted to share this process because I know that over the past decade, it's been helpful to a lot of people. Like for years and years, I'd get emails from people who are going through the review on their own. Some people did it exactly the same way I did. Other people modified it. Other people didn't hear about it in December. They heard about it in March or June or some other time, but they went ahead and did it then. That's great. That's wonderful. Like anything you can do to live an intentional life, I think is great, which as I said at the top, this is what Side Hustle School is all about, just in a different focus. So as I wrap up, I'll give you two closing thoughts. And we're also coming to the end of the year, I realize. So these kind of apply for the end of the year as well. 
first closing thought is that we tend to underestimate what we can do in an average year. We tend to overestimate what we can do in a day. Like we have a to-do list of like 30 things and that's never going to happen. But over the course of a year, you really can do a lot. So I encourage you to set your goals high. If you're going to do a review process like this, take some time to do it right. You will thank yourself later. And the second encouragement is a quote actually from Andy Warhol. And the quote is, they say that time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself. If I've learned anything over the past few years, it's that I can't change everything. There are things that are outside of our control, of course, but other things are within our sphere of influence. So how are we going to live that active life? How are we going to make active, positive choices uh, for ourselves and for others as well? So with the goals properly documented, uh, next step is to start working on them, you know, get to work achieving them, complete those next actions, or at least as many as possible. And after completing the next action, sometimes there's another action that emerges or materializes from there. So you just kind of keep going. So this can be a model you can use. Uh, as I said, feel free to use it in your own way. Come and check out the spreadsheet at sidehustleschool.com extended. But whatever you end up doing, let's make it a good year. Let's be able to look back a year from now and say, wow, got so much done over the past year. I actually had a lot of personal growth as well. I took some major steps and I'm so glad that I thought about what was important to me and I found a way to create some modifications in my life to support those goals and to live by those values. So that's my hope for you. And I hope you enjoy this extended episode. We'll continue, of course, with all the daily episodes and Side Hustle School season two is coming up very soon. So I hope to see you for that throughout the year. Thank you so much for listening. You're a rock star. I'm Chris Gillibo for Side Hustle School.